as the Bulls had won 18 in a row against Tulane. Now, the curious thing going into this one was Tulane, of course, we mentioned how they're number six in the country in rebounding, how Moon Urson, a 5'6 guard, was their leading rebounder with more than 10 per game, also was their leading scorer, had a triple-double this season, and that, in addition to a lot of returning talent for Tulane, made you realize, especially with so many fifth-year seniors who had never beaten the Bulls, that this was going to be, as I said, a determined group. But in the beginning of the game... They could not handle a certain new bull. Atlanta Chnecki, she misses, but Dulce Fankamangiado gets the rebound and on a putback puts the Bulls on top. Said that Tulane is six in the country. Funny enough, the Bulls were set to play their last game Sunday a few days ago against Wichita State, which was fifth in the country. And you thought, man, they're really going to have to be on their game rebounding. Well, Tulane's right on the same pace. Dinah Jones jacks up a three, misses it. Dulce gets the board for the Bulls. Pinzon pushes the pace to Harvey. Now Chinecki on the right side against this 2-3 zone. They flash with Menunga. Oh, great find. Dulce, a pump fake, puts it up and in. Dulce Fankamangiadu struggled last year for Memphis against Tulane, and I mean struggled, but she already has two makes tonight, and the Bulls are up 4-0. Fantastic start. Again, they were, want to get the ball to Menunga at the free throw line in the middle of that zone, and then fired off to Dulce, who has caught the ball well. She struggled in that department last week against Cincinnati. Freeman misses, gets her own board, and Dulce affects the second shot. Betty pulls it for the Bulls. I think this could be a Betty Menunga type of game. Now Pinzon bounce pass to Dulce again. Family one! Boy, are they trying to find Dulce, and she already has six points. And the Bulls are off to a rip-roaring start here. It is six to nothing in the last game against Cincinnati. But uh, Fankamangiadu just struggled. She was two for six already with three makes tonight. Can she convert a three-point play? She does. Seven to nothing Bulls, 90 seconds in. Foul line again to Mononga. Pinzon fumbles the pass. Freeman has her in the corner, but at least it gets rid of it. Pichinek again. Pinzon missed the last game, obviously in the starting lineup again. They find Dulcie underneath. I guess they didn't like the defense that Heidi was playing. Grant not much better. She held her ground, but Dulcie Fankamangiadu is four for four. And the Bulls have a 9-2 lead exclusively with Dulcie. Every time I'm on my pregame preparations for a broadcast, I go back and look at last year's meetings between teams, especially in conference, of course, and get some of the highlights of what took place last season. And with Dulcie Fankamangiadu, I threw in you know, the extra step of finding out what she did against Tulane. And unbelievably, in the game in New Orleans, she only made one shot. And then in the return game in Memphis, both blowout wins for Tulane. Fanka Mangiadu was 3 for 16. So I didn't want to start off the broadcast with that and say, oh, she might not have a great game. But it is something. When she finishes around the rim early in the game, there's a good chance that she is going to have a big one. And you can't finish any stronger around the rim than a 4 for 4 start. However, two lanes started to anticipate those passes and the Bulls started to have issues. The Green Wave actually took the lead in the first quarter after being down 9 to 2. Betty Menunga and then Maria Alvarez hit a three-pointer late in the period. Those were the only two makes by the Bulls after that 9-2 run you heard in the last seven and a half minutes, so it was tied at 14. And then Crystal Freeman it's a couple of buckets, including a three-pointer, to start off the second quarter, and it was clear that the Bulls were in a battle. Elena Chinecki, who did have a rough start, did make a three-pointer to tie it up. 
Tulane answered with another 5-0 run to lead midway through the second quarter. At that point, Tulane had a 9-3 lead in points off turnovers, and they had a couple of possessions where they got an offensive rebound and got three points. Once straight three-pointer mentioned Freeman and also the Mia Heidi three-point play. So there were some hustle issues going on. The other team was all fired up. But then the Bulls turned something on. You'll hear Jose Fernandez speak about it later to end the first half even better than I could have hoped for, as you'll hear in these highlights. Foul line jumper no good by Crystal Freeman, and Betty pulls down the rebound. Dribbles it up the court, which she's capable of doing. Oh, wide open is Schnecki from the right side. Oh, misses, but Betty's there for the rebound, puts it up and in. Good second chance point there by Betty, who had a chance at an assist go awry, but gets an offensive rebound and a putback. Now the Bulls have the ball down three. Want to run with it. Maybe a tying three-point try. You see Chinecki gets open. Instead, it's Bermejo, who is in for Dulce. Oh, nice move by Chinecki. Shuffles it over to Shea Lambert. That's a great pass by Elena. And the Bulls have got it back down to one. So twice tonight, they've fallen behind by five, only to show some fight and pins on with the push there after sitting for a few minutes. Bulls could keep it around three points at the break. I don't think they'll be thrilled, but not too upset, considering Tulane looked like it might have been ready to build the lead. Misses the second one, her first miss from the line all year. Pinzon gets a rebound and looks to push. Over to Bermejo, and she is in the corner. Now drops it to Pinzon. Boy, that's wide open to Mononga. Oh, she gets out of control, and that's a bailout. Mononga was spinning out of control, was putting up an off-balance shot, and I think it was Freeman. Mononga looks good, and it is. 28-27 two-lane. Starting post for the Bulls have kept them in this one. Bulls down two. Boy, it would be something if somehow they could score and be even at the break. Much less the lead at halftime. You'd feel pretty good about things. Shea Lever gets the ball, hands it to Maria Alvarez. Wants to drive. A nice bounce pass to Betty Mononga. And one. There you go. What a good look by Maria. Showing off her point guard capacity again. She already has three assists tonight. Betty Mononga becomes the second bull to hit double figures and can give them the lead with a free throw here. It's tied at 29. And she does. Elaine has not hit a field goal in its last three minutes of action. Now Clark wants to drive. Spin move on Bermejo and travel. And Clark, of course, falls down. She falls down every time, but she traveled before she did. Pinzon gets the ball from Mononga. Clark on her. If she can get it across, will she be able to hold for a last shot? Good job by Elisa Pinzon. Jones, aggressive defense. Pinzon's got to look at the time and situation. She kind of looked bullheaded there like she wanted to take it in herself. Now she backs in. 11 seconds to go. Long three, fouled, and she'll go to the free throw line. Pinzon falls down. She was definitely fouled. I believe that was Grant. And she makes the first one. She's going to wait until the first one before I tell you her free throw percentage. 90% on the year. 31-29 balls. 7.7 seconds left. Makes the second. I'm no math major, but she's uh, better than 90% now. 32-29, she makes this. The Bulls will be leading at halftime. Crazy. She does. 33-29. 7.7 seconds left. Remember, the Bulls will have the ball to start the second half. Three seconds. Clark has to put up a three. Bermejo blocks her shot. Clark falls down again. Boy, she is really a flopper. Couldn't tell the crowd was into it. Maybe the play-by-play -play announcer was into it as well. And I would never have seen how things were going that the Bulls would have that lead at the end of the first half, and indeed they did. Both 
Banka Mangiadu and Manunga had exactly 11 points and 5 rebounds. Though the Bulls weren't shooting a great overall number, they were 7 of 7 at the free throw line, which turned out to be something to keep an eye on. Also, I mentioned the 9-3 points off turnovers right at the midway point of the second quarter. Tulane would just get one more out of that. And the big number overall was the rebounds. First half, 19-15 advantage for the Bulls. Green Wave came into this one a plus 7.5 on the season. And again, 6 in the country in total rebounds with 46 a game. They had a 65 spot against TCU, 60 against South Alabama which skewed it a little bit, but the, the margin is the big thing, and the Bulls held the margin all night long. Also in that first half, Maria Alvarez had three assists, and of course it was great to have Elena Chinecki back, even though she didn't get her offense going from a scoring perspective. Her presence was extremely important. Ariel Wilson actually made the trip, the backup point guard, but was unavailable in the game, as it turned out, so Alvarez served as backup point guard, and man, did she do a great job. Bulls were just two of seven in the first half on threes. They would only hit one in the second half. They did it inside. was really decided in the third quarter. Now, it wasn't over in the third quarter. And I want you to pay close attention to the fan reaction on this foul called against the hosts. And know that it was the only foul called against them in the entire quarter. Well, you think they were unhappy about that? Wait until we tell you what happened in the fourth, but here are your third quarter highlights, picking it up midway through when it was still pretty close. 38-34, six minutes to go. Harvey does check out after that third foul. Maria Alvarez has been great the last several games, as a matter of fact. In. Chinecki wants to feed Manunga at the free throw line. Instead, it comes to Dulce. That time straight up and blocked by Heidi. Oh, they got her with the body contact. Tulane doth protest, and I gotta be some i got to admit, I'm a little surprised. They have let that kind of stuff go more often than not, and that was actually very good defense by Mia Heidi. Must have really gotten her with the body. Dulce makes her pay. Makes the first three throw. Free throw, Bulls back up five. And Dulce Fankamangiato sinks them both. So maybe a break there for the Bulls. 40-34, to 34, they lead it. And they trail by five at the midway point of the second quarter. Oh, bad pass by Heidi. She telegraphed that one, and Moon Urson can't handle it. Now Chinecki gets it up to Pinzon. She wants to drive on Freeman. Bounce pass to Penny Manunga in. What a drop. What a dime by Pinzon. The Bulls have that lead up to eight. It's 42-34. Clark wants to drive. Chinecki needs some help. Pinzon offers it. Clark rims out. So Pinzon made Clark think there. Oh, the Bulls almost turn it over. Pinzon gathers. Can they get their first double-digit lead of the game? Pinzon to Chinecki, wide open three, looks good. Oh, just long. That one was straight in and out. Oh, what a steal by Dulce. Had Anijah Grant pinned in the corner. Bulls get a reset and a second chance to go up. Double figures for the first time. They led nine to two in the early going. So this is actually their largest lead at eight. Maria, it's up and it's long. Dulce gets the rebound, wants to go up. Two players on her, doesn't matter! Dulce Fankamengiadu has 17 points, and the Bulls have their first double-digit lead. And Lisa Stockton might have to consider a timeout. There's 4.25 to go here in the third quarter. Bulls are outscoring the Green Wave 11-5 in it. Seven on the shot clock. Nice screen by Dulce. Lane opens up for Pinzon. Oh, just rims out. But the ball comes loose. Chinecki has it, gets it out to Mononga, and a reset for the Bulls. Three and a half minutes to go. In the third quarter, Bulls up 44-36. Pins on, tough pass. Dulce, oh, what a flop! And it's not called, and it's another bucket. 
boy, if you're booing right now, which a lot of Greenway fans are, you must love flopping. And if that's their only defense, the Bulls are in good shape. Pinzon has four assists. She hasn't made a shot. Just the three points on three free throws. Five on the shot clock. Pinzon doesn't realize it. Out to Maria. She's got to look inside of Dulce. It's got to go up, and it does, and it goes in. Dulce Fankamengiadu at the shot clock horn. Honestly, I don't know. In fact, I'm pretty sure that Dulce didn't know the shot clock was about to hit zero, but she did know she was wide open for a layup after another assist by Maria Alvarez. 48-38. Now Freeman with Dulce getting out on her. They get it to Grant, who is handing it off to Moon Urson. Wide open three, good shot. Yeah, Moon Urson just sort of gave it those hands out like, finally, give her credit. She was wide open and she drained it. Her first made three, and now it's a seven-point game, 48-41. Lisa Stockton exhorting the fans to get loud. Pretty good crowd here at the Fogelman Arena. You hear them chanting right now. Pins on over to Alvarez. Urson, tight defense, tail on the shot clock. It's still a seven-point game, but Tulane has a little hop. What a run by Bermejo! Her first basket since Stanford. Bulls up by 10 with the ball, 40 seconds to go. Bulls obviously can't hold for the last shot here. Pins on, gets it across to Maria Alvarez. Little shake and bake move. Wants to drop it to Manunga. All of a sudden, Maria Alvarez is the point guard. She's got five assists. Manunga has 15 points, and the Bulls have their biggest lead, 54 to 42. Pretty good stuff now. Kayla Anderson, one of those fifth-year players who's never won a game against the Bulls and was only averaging four points a game, sank a three-pointer to end the period. So it was a nine-point lead, but still overall, very, very strong quarter for the Bulls. Outscoring Tulane 21 to 16. Bulls were 9 of 14 in the period. Again, only one foul on Tulane, so the Bulls were just 2 of 2 at the free throw line. Now, if you like fouls and you love listening to free throws, I urge you to listen to the replay, which my buddy Steve Carney, who produces the broadcast, now last night he was producing the men's broadcast, and I was playing the commercials and recording the women's game, if you couldn't tell. Hopefully you couldn't tell. That means I did a pretty good job on the commercials. But while he was running the men's game, he was editing the women's game. We try and get him down to a 90-minute replay. Well, most quarters last in real time 20 minutes or less. Some really fast ones go 16, 17 minutes. In real time, last night's fourth quarter was 36 minutes. And so on the replay, if there seems to be some chunks of time missing, it's because he was doing a pretty good job of slicing out some of the trips to the free throw line. At least the actual trips to the line, you still had to have the free throws in there. And in the third quarter, Tulane was 6 for 8. In the fourth quarter, Tulane was 13 for 16. But you know what? So were the Bulls. After Tulane got it down to 4 with about 6 minutes left, it was pretty worth noting that Elisa Pinzon and Dulce Fankamengiadu did not participate in those minutes. Now, they would get in on the action the rest of the way and sort of calm things down. Tulane called for one foul in the third quarter, tried 10 in the fourth quarter, where Betty Manunga, 11 more points, 7 of 8 at the free throw line. In fact, as Tulane was getting frustrated, Moonerson fouled Elisa Pinzon well away from the basket. She got a technical Pinzon missed her two regular free throws, and she would have, of course, been the one to take the technicals. They actually brought in Betty Manunga to take the technical free throws, and she made them both. In fact, the Bulls end up 22 for 25 in the game, and again, they were making them early on, and they kind of needed all those as Tulane hovered for a while until 
the Bulls broke it open in those last five minutes. Mention Kayla Anderson hitting a three at the end of the third to cut it to nine, and then they come right out with Crystal Freeman, who did not make a basket in the third. She sinks about a 15-foot jumper to get it right down to seven points. They would go one for 18 from the floor the rest of the way, so Tulane truly was trying to stay in this game by driving to the basket only attempted three-pointers at the end when they kind of had to. They ended up going 19 of 24 in the second half. Dinah Jones herself was 11 of 14. So if you look at the final numbers, it was kind of reflective of how it went because, yeah, they had two players score 17 and 16 in Clark and Jones. But from the floor, they were 4 for 17 and 2 for 12 as a team. Tulane shot just 28%. The Bulls, 44.5% and went 22 of 25 at the line. Betty Menunga, career high in points with 26. 8 of 12 from the floor, 10 of 11 at the line, and 12 rebounds. Fanka Mengiadu, her career high as a Bull, with 23 points. 9 of 11 from the floor and 5 of 5 at the line. So those two players just missed one free throw and went 17 for 23 combined from the floor. That's how the Bulls won the game. The rest of the team was 8 for 35. Crazy stuff. Elena Chinecki added 12 points. And that final rebounding count favored the Bulls 36 to 32. And Moon Erson, who was their leading scorer and rebounder, again a 5-6 guard picking up more than 10 boards a game, held to just three boards seven points on two of eight shooting and she only their point guard had one assist and this was after we signed off the air jose fernandez came over and remember the bulls were called in this game for 26 fouls so he was thinking of that because it was really not a pretty fourth quarter but obviously a big 75 62 win plenty of positives which he hits on here as well yeah different game I, I mean we're just not that type of team that fouls as much as we foul today you know it's unacceptable we we, didn't, we played you know we got to get our hands off of folks and wall up and not foul the other thing is our guard you know i, I thought our post play was shay dulce and, yeah. and and betty was outstanding our guards got to play a lot better than they played tonight and they know that on both ends of the floor one thing you did clean up in the fourth quarter was you only turned it over one until the very end there. Was that kind of thing, just trying to get a little bit cleaner on offense? Yeah. I thought when we got the ball where we needed to get to, we made good decisions and we made shots. Free throw shooting for us was outstanding. Absolutely. Very good. One more thing. Uh, when they had the five-point lead and they looked like they had something going in the second quarter, what changed? What did you see that you guys turned around? We just needed to stay the course. You know, stay the course, continue to defend. As poorly as we played, we are up at half. Four, five, whatever it was. That's what we just told our guys. You know what? Things are gonna, things are gonna be fine. We gotta, we gotta be more patient on offense. You know, I think we're rushing. You know, our ball reversal where we wanted to get to is not where it's supposed to be. Let's settle down. We're gonna be fine. Thank you, Jose. You got it. And that was cool. He had something going on at the end of the game, and still, I didn't have to chase him down. He came over to me and had that conversation. Well, a quick start for the women's team. Same thing in Dallas for the men. Unfortunately, they couldn't carry it over, but it was exciting for a bit with Jim Lighthall on the call last night. Jameer Chaplin, hesitation, gets to the top, drives it into the paint, stops on a dime, puts it up over Kendrick Davis, and rolls it in. Jameer Chaplin, fresh off a career-high 17 at Tulane, and that was fresh off a career-high 16 against Houston. Here's Murphy at the top, feet on the logo, driving right. He elevates, fires from 17 on the move. Good, and that's where Caleb Murphy makes his living right there. Off the bounce from about 17 feet away, and he will get that shot today against Davis. 
They've got the lead 4-2. Murphy behind the back. It's a screen. Now he leaves it for Chiwa rolling to the basket. Caught. Layup is good. Murphy sets him up, and Chiwa lays it in. One dribble, fires it inside, and the shot is blocked. Down low by Jameer Chaplin. Off the window it goes. Agunane had the shot blocked, and Chap at 6'5 gets his second. 15.35 to go. Here's Caleb Murphy with another jump shot from 15 at the elbow. It's a 9-0 run by USF. I don't know what's better right now, the offense at one end or the defense at the other. And here come the Bulls after yet another stop. Murphy, left side pass to Javon Green. Now McCreary, baseline jumper, good. High-arcing jumper by Jalen McCreary, and he picks right up where he left off Saturday in the Big Easy. It's an 11-0 run by the Bulls. Bulls led 27-18 with about five minutes to go. SMU, a 10-0 run sparked by Kendrick Davis. The Bulls did hold him four points below his average of 21, but three Mustangs scored 17 points in this game. It was similar to the two-lane game where the hosts were ahead by more than 20, and the final margin looks closer because the Bulls end of the game. SMU didn't hit a field goal in its last four minutes on an 11-2 run. Hopefully this carries over. Sorrell Smith scored nine of those points. He hit a three with 12 seconds left, but that was only the Bulls' third three of the game. That's what's killing them right now. Jameer Chaplin did hit two, and again tied his career high with 17, but those were the only two makes from three-point land until that one in the final seconds, while the Mustangs were 6-12 of 12 in the second half and 9-21. of 21. They had a 12-0 run, basically, that put it away. Murphy, 14 points. Russell Chee with 14 points, but Javon Green struggles again to just four points. Jalen McCreary, who'd come on of late, only had four. Jake Boggs, your three-point shooter off the bench, 0 for 3 on threes. SMU shot right at 50% in the second half, and the Bulls actually shot a similar number, 12 for 25, 48% in the second half, and really 48% for the game, but Mustangs doing more of their damage from the three-point line. Free throws were equal, but the difference in margin on threes was 18 points. The margin in the game was 12. Bulls fall 77-65, but a chance to forget about it because they play the War and I for Saturday. We'll preview it for you on tomorrow's Bulls beat, but that's going to do it for the Thursday version. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp.